Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Happy Hour Network. This is the play-by-play podcast hosted by myself, Jack McFarlane, and Nicholas Schlimmer. How's it going, guys? Today, we have a very special episode for you. All the way from the Big Brothers and Big Sisters Foundation of America, we have the Chief People and Culture Officer. She joined the organization in 2022 to develop and lead the human resources strategy across the foundation. She also brings over 18 years of experience from HR, DEI, and change management. Please help us welcome Miss Tawana Myers. Yep, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jack and Nick. I'm so excited to be here and feel free to call me Tawana or T. Sounds good. We're very excited to have you on and uh, I think we're gonna have a great episode today. I believe so too. Yep. So let's just start right into it. If you want to tell us a little bit about the organization and how it kind of came about. Certainly, certainly. So uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters of America is is the largest one-to-one youth mentoring organization um, in the country. We were founded over 100 years ago, and our mission is to empower all young people to reach their full potential through positive mentorship. So um, the way that we do that is by matching our adult volunteers, which we call our bigs, and then the youth, which are our littles. Um, and typically those are ages five through adulthood and it's in the communities all across the U.S. So we are present in all 50 states and we have a little over 230 agencies. So those bigs and littles um, set time to meet um, sometimes weekly or maybe uh, during the month. Um, they do everything, different everyday activities. So may go see a movie, do homework, uh, play games, you know ball, um, go out to eat, or, or just kind of have conversation. And we really are all about that that matching of those bigs and the, those little so that they can have that powerful one-on-one mentoring experience. So it benefits both that mentor and that mentee. Um, and they do, you know, just through those simple activities, just for that connection. So um, I am so honored, I will tell you, to be a part of this organization. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I remember from me and Jack's high school, I always remembered hearing about Big Brothers, Big Sisters. It's just great to read about it and hear everything that you guys have done for all the communities across the U.S. And I know that for our high school, it actually made a pretty big impact in a positive way. Oh, that that's so great to hear, uh, Nick, because that's, that's one of the things that's critically important and why we believe in the power of mentorship, um, especially for those um, who are most in need of a positive adult influence in their lives. So um, certainly that is uh, our purpose and our mission. And it's good to know that you've had some experience, at least knowledge of Big Brothers Big Sisters in the past. So to kind of go off the importance of mentorship, so it's not really um, like training. It's kind of, it really is just being a big brother, big sister. But how do you think that affects the littles um, later on in life, especially in their career? Uh, Like what type of positive uh, reinforcement do you think it gives uh, the littles when they do grow up? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that because one of our fastest growing segments of young people in the mentoring relationship is between the ages of 18 and 25. Um, so like you said, as you get older and you go into your adulthood, because they're really seeking that opportunity for their careers in life. So when you think about the power of mentorship, that allows the, us to be able to see through those adults on um, some positive encouragement, because we know they're already within them. They have that seed of greatness, right? Sometimes it just mm-hmm. takes uh, an adult um, in your life to talk it through with you, to continually provide that encouragement. Mm-hmm. 
And so our program is an opportunity for those volunteers to get involved um, with those young adults uh, without leaving even their workplace, but also providing them encouragement and some direction throughout their career. Um, and as you talked about, like the positivity and how it helps them to succeed later on in life, one of the things that we know is that in us serving so many different youth, uh, actually, we serve more than 400,000 big, littles, and families um, in a year. Um, and a lot of those come from even communities of color and from different backgrounds. So that doesn't define them. But what it does is it allows us to see and to talk to them about what are their greatest needs, what are their greatest concerns, questions, mm -hmm. um, preparing them for what's to come, um, exposing them to diversity. So when they do get later in life, they've had that background. And they also know that they have someone, hopefully, these relationships continue on into adulthood, um, that they can also consult with when they get to that place. Awesome. Yeah, that I really like everything you said there about how it helps them in the future to uh, potentially progress their career or just get kind of a jump start as to what they should expect later in life. Uh, that that's really great. Um, yeah, and and I think yeah. it's one thing that I hadn't really thought about is like you said the relationship lasting. So I guess it's even a way to kind of start networking in a little bit of a sense, even if it's just one mentor. Um, you never know how that might help you you know, 30 years down the road, if you really need it. So I think that's really important. Oh, it really is. And, you know, because you mentioned that, I, I want to uh, just mention, um, if you're familiar with our Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Rashad White. Yeah. Um, so uh, he was a little in Kansas City, and he was matched with his big. So when you talk about into adulthood, <clears> so uh, Rashad was matched with his big John when he was eight years old. And they bonded over the things I talked about earlier, the sports and the activities that they did together and, and look fast forward. You know, John helped Rashad navigate all of his ups and downs during his college football career, through his career of an NFL journey. And, and now John is Rashad's business manager and, and they're bonded for life. So whenever you see a photo of Rashad in a, a life moment, you'll see uh, John probably somewhere right in that area. So again, that's a career of, of sport, but we also see that same relationship um, when you think about um, any other kind of corporate or any other type of career that a big um, has impacted on a, a, a little's life. That's that's awesome. How you're getting some pretty big names out there in your in your. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's wonderful, you know. And uh, you know, you don't have to be the big name football star or you know track star or anything else. Uh, you can be. You and I um, in yeah. corporate, I think about my mentors in my life um, and uh, those relationships are just so powerful because, again, who, who doesn't welcome the opportunity to have an adult mm -hmm. in their life who continually um, feeds that positive reinforcement? Yeah. So so kind of going off of that, can you kind of tell us about like what the process is for matching two people together, what you're looking for with, with each particular person? Sure, sure. So um, I'm glad you asked about that because it is so important to get a great match, right? That is mm -hmm. so important to that mentorship experience. So we do have uh, agency match specialists who spend a lot of time getting to know uh, the potential big, also the littles and, and their parents or their guardians. So that takes a lot of effort there and a lot of intentionality uh, to make sure that we get that right. Uh, we look at everything from the individual's location to their goals for mentorship, um, 
hobbies and interests and, and, and anything else that will help us to identify where there may be commonality in those interests between the big and the littles. And again, their family, because this is an ecosystem, so to speak, of, of that experience. And so we look at personality traits. We also um, take our bigs through extensive training so that they learn what it looks like and what it takes to be a good mentor and how to best support their mentees. Um, and throughout that entire process, I'll tell you that that uh, match support specialist that I talked about earlier is always there to provide resources and support. Um, because again, this is a journey. We want this to stretch all the way into adulthood um, if possible. So those matches always have a village to rely on for anything that they need. So we really just focus on meeting young people where they are. Um, and from that one-to-one -one mentoring experience, um, all the way through workplace mentoring, like we talked about earlier, and, and even virtual mentoring. So we've adapted um, over the course of time as we've all been from a pandemic to what's an endemic now. So uh, certainly that's a little bit just about the process of matching our big with our littles. Yeah. And so I know it's very important to find the right little for a big um, because obviously the big is trying to be the mentor and, and help the little. But do you ever see a little bit of reverse mentorship going on where you're trying to also find a little that might even help the big maybe uh, break out of their shell or just give them a different perspective? Do you ever see like um, kind of double mentorship going on from both sides? Yeah. So what I will tell you is our mentors, which are our bigs, receive just as much from the relationship as our mentees. Um, in fact, 95% um, of the, the children and the young adults in, in the program say that they include and they experience such a great sense of belonging. Um, a lot of our uh, our bigs will talk about how much they've learned from their littles, um, because you got to think about it. Even I know your, your podcast, when we think about the younger generation and all you have to offer all of your experiences. And I'm not trying to date myself, but uh, the younger generation, there's so much um, knowledge there from technology through academics to service-minded and commitment. So it's exposing. And when we think about the diversity of the youth that we serve and, and matching them with a big, there's so much this transfer of knowledge between experiences and we certainly see a lot of our bigs be able to respond and, and act on that as well. You know, um, Jack and Nick, as we talked about uh, the power of the experience that a big has um, and listening and learning from our littles and reverse mentorship, I I'd love to ask you all, have you experienced reverse mentorship? And, and, and if um, you've either had some resistance and reverse mentorship, when you try to educate someone who's more, I like to say, mature than you are, be it in age or experience, but really wanted to get your thoughts and insight because that helps me as well. Yeah. So, I mean, when I think of any experience of reverse mentorship, so I played uh, high school football and uh, one of our coaches had a pretty young son. His name was Colt. He's I think he's in elementary school, so he's still pretty young and he would come to all our practices, all our games. He'd be on the sideline. And we would really bond because, I mean, I was around him for four years pretty much every day. And so it was really just um, just helping him learn the game of football, uh, kind of learn how to enjoy school because he was in the process of, you know, like, oh, school, I really, you know, I don't like it. And I was trying to teach him like, well, I mean, you're going to be in it for a, another decade. So, you know, let's try and find <laughs> some fun in it. And I think he learned a lot. 
And then what really what he showed me is that, you know, sometimes in high school sports, you know, it, it almost can feel like a job some days. But he always showed me like it is just a game. You know, we got to have the fun, bring some light. So he was really nice. And then at the end of my senior year, he even drew me a picture of me playing um, football, which was really nice that I keep in my truck. So I think that's my basic experience of like reverse mentorship. And so, yeah, I mean, that was a really that was a really good experience for me. You know, with that, Jack, it, it sounds like, you know, you had that experience. So you may even consider exploring what it means to be a big or the potential yeah. to be a big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just threw that in there. I just had to apply yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> what about yeah, you, Nick? Yeah, so mine mine is kind of in the in the workplace. So I worked in Dick Sporting Goods for retail, and all of our uh, managers and just higher ups, like the team leads, they were all of the older generations, and then all of us workers were pretty much all Gen Z. So, and a lot of the times, you know, throughout the year, they'll move certain products to certain areas of the store to just bring attention to it, mm-hmm. and. I can't remember exactly when this was, but the whenever the Air Force Ones were just on a craze, <laughs> if you know what the, you know what those are, they're always on a craze. I yeah, have they, well, okay. they were just selling like crazy, and for some reason, we had them all the way like in the back of the store, and um, so we had to. Our footwear team went to the managers and the district managers, like we should do something about this, and just kind of tell them like, hey, put these at the front of the store, just on display, get people touching them, looking at them. And then sure enough, sales for those just blew up. And so it's not exactly like uh, reverse mentorship, but in a way, like our younger generation kind of helped out the older generation and like, hey, like these things are going to be a really big hit and are right now. We should probably put those somewhere else. Well, I think that is reverse mentorship, right? So I think we we don't have to confine it so much to this this one thing. What mm-hmm. you just did is a, is reverse mentorship. You inform based upon your experiences that others weren't un, were unaware of. They didn't know, mm-hmm. so that helped to advance the business. Um, hopefully, you got a bonus out of that. But it's um, you know <laughs> from those sales, but but certainly that's what it is. You know, and it's so impactful uh, of Gen Gen Z on reverse mentorship. Um, You know, when I think about the workplace overall, um, because it does create exactly what you did, which is learning, honestly. Um, So that's that continuous learning and development um, that's so important, regardless the workplace, it's it's in sports, it's in recreational activities, it's in school, um, so that no matter what our age is, that we're always on that place of learning. So the more we can inform one another, especially through reverse mentorship or traditional mentorship, we have that opportunity. So I love that you shared those and allowed me to ask you that that question. Yeah, so to kind of almost turn the question around back on you, Tawana, I know that this is a fairly new position for you as you took it in 2022. Have you seen uh, any personal experience, at least joining the organization of maybe reverse mentorship from a younger uh from the younger audience or um, just anything you've seen while helping really anything in the organization? Yeah, a a lot. Uh, So I will tell you that uh, one of the opportunities we have, which is, is so, um, so great um, at BBBSA is we have a cohort of AmeriCorps Vistas uh, members. And so um, we're in partnership with them and, um, the visas are embedded in our national office culture of mentorship, and, and their perspectives are really important to the success of our work. 
So while a VISTA can be of any age or experience level, the majority are Gen Z. And so one really um, good example is that um, even though they are under the AmeriCorps VISTA program um, and not necessarily a direct hire of our organization, we have exposed them to benefits. And one of the um, points of feedback I received from one of our Gen Z VISTAs is that we need more time to understand what benefits are. Like this is our first time ever coming into an organization or our first uh, career opportunity. And this is just so confusing. I don't know if I should elect this plan or that plan or what, what is an FSA? What's an HDHP? What does this mean? And so that insight to me, again, when I talked about reverse mentorship not being so confined, that was a point of reverse mentorship because what it did was it informed me that, hey, I can't assume my audience is here in this place of experience and knowledge, I need to consider that the younger generation, this is the first for them. So we began to adopt and take more time and explain or offer resources so that they understand that. So that's just one example, and it helped me to build a more robust employee experience. Uh, so it's really been eye-opening um, between that and other insight that we received from uh, the younger generation. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of curious, are you seeing, um, you may not be, but are you getting any feedback from like potentially your bigs or your littles who have went out into the workplace and are doing this kind of reverse mentorship? Um, are they kind of telling you like how important it is that like all these, all the startup businesses and everything else should start implementing some kind of a, a mentorship within, within their uh, business? You know, I have I can't say I've directly um, heard that from them, um, but what I do hear a lot is the impact of the big and little relationship, um, be it what they received from their big in terms of knowledge building and experience, and also to what they've shared and their big sharing how impactful it was from them and how critical it was to that relationship that they took into the workplace. So I think because they've had that experience, um, even walking into the workplace, while there may be an opportunity for reverse mentorship to be in, to be implemented there, they've had it so much in their lives that they kind of walk it. You know, they they don't hesitate to give mm -hmm. feedback or to share insight. So they may walk into it a little differently than someone else who's not had the power of that type of one-on-one -on -one mentoring experience. Yeah. So as you say, like they kind of walk into it with the experience. Do you ever see or notice maybe a trend that people that have gone through the program either as a little or as a big maybe get a little farther up in their business company whatever it may be do you ever see a trend like that you know i i, I can speak probably a little bit more to what i see overall in, in terms of how it helps um, advance someone's career when they've had the power of mentorship so when i think about the professionals that I see in my current workplace or any place that I've worked, I know that it is so highly beneficial to that workplace because especially in their career development, it provides those opportunities to learn from experienced colleagues. And then likewise, like we talked about vice versa through that reverse mentorship. So there's that transfer of knowledge and it's not always professional. Sometimes it's personal, right? So when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is also so key, I mean, mentorship in the workplace can really help create equity and boost diversity, equity, inclusion outcomes, mm -hmm. that mentorship fosters that diversity in the workplace. Because uh, often you have those employees who may not traditionally have a voice or the exposure, they have that type of support and guidance that they need to navigate the workplace. 
Um, and then you also have uh, the power of those mentors being a, a voice or advocate or, or creating visibility for those mentees, um, which helps to, again, advance in their careers. Also, that sharing of skills and access. Um, internally and externally with the professional network. So again, that's helping to advance your careers. Um, you also get the bonus of representation. So uh, those mentors show their mentees what's possible and, and uh, you know, help them guide them through that. So there's definitely so much value between mm-hmm. mentorship um, in the workplace and also advancing in someone's career. Awesome. Yeah. So sounds like you've had some really great uh, responses from people that have went through this program and with everything we've talked about so far, it sounds like it's just been nothing but positive and you've been helping out the community so much with it. Yeah. You know, um, and again, that's why I liked hearing that you knew about it, you know, in your school. So that means mm-hmm. that there's, there's visibility and we're creating even greater visibility now, but the positive response has mm-hmm. been, just overwhelming um, and in a good way, right? I'd rather be overwhelmed in that way than any yeah. other way. But um, in fact, uh, we have over uh, 30,000 um, that are still waiting to be matched. Um, and wow. and that just speaks to the, the positivity. So there's 30,000 mm-hmm. kids on the wait list for a mentor um, and they need us. So we need yeah. more mentors to make a difference in a, in a, a youth's life right now. Um, and the majority of the kids, I'll tell you on, on the wait list are, are young men, um, who identifies young men of color um, and, and just know you don't have to be perfect to be a mentor, right? You just mm-hmm. need to be present. And, and we don't necessarily have to match. You don't match necessarily based on color. You, ba- yeah. you match it based on those experiences that we talked about. So when you talk about the positive impact and response, knowing that we have 30,000 kids on that wait list, helps us to know that it's a positive interaction that's happening and that they're hearing about it and they want to get in on that as well. So we just need to keep doing the great work that we're doing to attract bigs to serve as mentors. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that just kind of made me think of something. So if somebody tuning into the, to the podcast here, and if they want to be a mentor, what's the process for them to get started reaching out to you guys yeah, so um, you can sign up to be a mentor. You can visit uh, bbbs.org, and you'll find your local big brothers, big sisters. So you can do that. You'll uh, reach out to that agency. Someone will contact you, and they will take you through the process, a little bit of what we talked about earlier. Um, someone else can donate to support a match. So maybe you don't you know, feel that you are in a place to be a big at the time, but you can certainly donate to ensure that we reach more of those 30,000 kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also, we call on corporate America to invest in mentoring programs um, to engage with their employees because you also have mentorship in the workplace. We have some great partnerships with various partners uh, engaging their employees to lend their expertise and serve as as mentors, as bigs. Uh, to our little. So there's a couple of different ways for you to uh, get involved with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yeah, that's great. And I think, uh, yeah, I think one strong point is maybe you don't really want to be a mentor. Maybe you feel like you don't have the time, but you can always donate. Um, definitely go check out their website, bbbs.org. Uh, it is very cool and you will learn a lot on there. So I think it is very important for anyone listening, at least give that a, a listen, especially because most of our audience is um you know, Gen Z or older. So please don't be afraid to put yourself out there and maybe even be a mentor. Yes, I love that. Thank you for that, Jack. I appreciate <laughs> that. 
So is there any other questions you might have for us? Yeah. So I think as Gen Zers, uh, you know, what, what's important to you? Like, uh, how do you see the workplace evolving with the support and the guidance or the insight of, of Gen Z? Yeah. So for me, my biggest uh, thing when the workplace is, I guess, if you look back on it, and obviously I don't have much experience working back in the day because, uh, well, I am a Gen Z. So um, I just feel like the technology is a huge change. And especially with the pandemic, the uh, hybrid working. So, you know, working, you know, some days from home or some days going in the office and then working with Zoom um, and the rise of computers and phones. I think it's really important to um, find a workplace that is pretty open with that. Um and and one that is um, diverse and inclusive. You don't want to go, at least for me, I don't want to go into a workplace where I'm just going to sit behind a desk and never be heard all day and nothing's ever going to change. So mm-hmm. I think programs like this is a huge way to really improve that. Um, and I think I think it'll only get better. I really do. You, you, so, so and, and Nick, I, I welcome hearing from you also. Um, you mentioned um, diversity and inclusion, um, and certainly equity goes in with that as well. So. I've noticed that that is a huge focus for a lot of our younger generations. They, they, that's one of the first questions I know we get asked uh, when we're attracting talent is, how are you looking at DEI, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion? Um, what are you doing about it? Um, is that really uh, important to you and, and some of others in your circle who are of Gen Z age? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that is that is a for sure. Yes, I know, like, whenever I'm looking for a potential employer, um, whenever I'm interview process and whatnot, I'm asking them questions like, so what different generations work for you? Um, what's the feedback that we can get from you versus like what we can give them? Um, I know from some of my past experiences that the job uh, team has been so diverse that it has helped out so much and everybody was included. Everybody's voice was heard. It didn't matter if you were a higher up or if you were first day on the job, like your voice was heard, your opinion was, was taken and thought about. Um, I think that's one of the main things that a lot of us are looking for is just to be able to enter into a workplace and feel welcomed in every aspect that we're, that we're doing there. That's really helpful to me because um, one of the things, even when we talk about mentorship in the workplace, it's about representation and that, that representation really matters. So, you know, it's it's about having that voice and, and creating a space for that voice, right? Like you said, you're asking pointedly, you know, what what are you hearing from that generation, you know, and how have you acted on that? So that yep. then puts us in a position as an employer to have the answers, to say, yes, we've done this. Or we plan to do this. So that's that's really helpful. Yeah, I just feel like as people from our generation knowing that like, hey, we can go up and we can talk to whoever in in the company and whatnot, like if we have any problems, any questions, like just feel free to reach out. And I feel like that just takes a lot of stress off of our generation if it's our first job and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, so when we think about those various generations that we know are in the workplace, and, and it's really important that we build communication there, have you all experienced any type of, uh, I guess, great positive experiences or not so positive experiences between those different generations and engaging? Uh, yeah, so for me, uh, I guess one positive experience is just um, 
So I worked at Denny's as a host. So I know it's not the most glamorous, but it was just a summer job. Look, I love but, Denny's, okay? Yeah. Grand slam, yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. But it was a really good experience. I think it, it you know, um, it really did help. You know, I, I met a bunch of people because obviously there's a ton of people coming in every day. But our manager, he was, um, I believe, in his late 40s, maybe early 50s. So uh, when we first got there, it was almost like, he didn't know exactly how to talk to us and he has a bunch of younger workers, but he was kind of shy a little bit, which is okay. But I think just with me and a lot of uh, my coworkers were also Gen Z. I think we were able just to show him like, you know, open communication and, you know, being more flexible. Hey, if, you know, if someone's sick, they can't come in that day. Like that's okay. You know, someone's going to cover their shift. Like I think the big change was almost, relaxing the work environment a little bit and making it much more open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, engagement between the various generations, it's really vital. It, it, if companies want to continue to attract the best employees like like you um, and develop that multi-generational customer and the client base. So that will set them up for future growth. So knowing how to work with you um, as your manager and, and to communicate with you, um, then you feel like you have more of an open space to share some feedback. Like you talked about earlier, Nick, around the mm-hmm. recommendation to put the Air Force Ones in the front of the store. <clears throat> you know, if you feel invited, then you speak up more. So it's like this continual uh, process that allows both the individual, the organization, and um, the rest of the employees to to advance. Yeah, I think I think from from even just this past year and post pandemic and moving forward, we're going to see I bet at some point it'll be every business where we're going to see a lot more diversity, a lot more voices being heard. Um, Everybody's I I think is going to start to realize like, hey, that's that's so important to everybody coming into the workplace that we need to start doing that. And it's only going to help them out in the long run. So, so I'm going to put you on the spot, and I know this is a podcast conversation with you, mm-hmm. on, but, uh, you know, there's so many what I call stereotypes around the different generations, um, and, and I'd love to get your insight, not that you speak for all of Gen Z, but uh, your insight is helpful around communication and, and visibility. So there are some who will say your generation only communicates via text. You don't want to be on screen. You don't want to be on person. Um, I'm getting the job done. Leave me alone. (laughs) And then there's others who say, no, we want to be connected. We want that in-person time. Um, We need to talk and communicate. So based on your your preferences, and again, not to say you speak for all of Gen Z, but Mm -hmm. how do you see that unpacking in in the workplace? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I personally, that. I think from everybody that I've worked with, all my past coworkers, they have been on the side of, we want to be heard. We're not just going to text you and whatnot. We're going to actually be there in person or like we want to be on camera and whatnot. Um, everybody that I have worked with has been like that. But there is that other that other side that I've seen, um, especially in high school, um, even though it wasn't really like a workplace, there mm-hmm. are those people that they just show up, get stuff done, don't really talk. And just kind of just lay low, which isn't a bad thing. It's just whoever you are. But I think that we're going to see a lot of change in these upcoming years, people leaving high school or even going into high school as well, with kids being more um, active in the classroom, 
in the workplace. I think we're going to see we're going to see a change as to not so many people being um, as shy, for example. That we are almost in a transition period um, yeah. Yeah. as like our generation, you know, we're not we're not little kids anymore. We're ready to actually get some uh, good input and really make a real change. So I think you're going to, like Nick said, see a lot more people, you know, stepping up, speaking out, wanting to get really involved because we, we almost feel like as it's our time to shine, you know, like Love we're it. the new rookie in, in the league. <laughs> we're ready to show what we can do. Now you're assuming I know sports, all right? Yeah. So. <laughs> but but certainly I I get it I get it fully and and I am seeing more of what you both said, right? That the, the um, we're a fully remote workforce right now, and we have two um, purposeful in-person meetings of all of our staff, and it is just the most celebrated time, um, regardless to what generation and. People want that connection, you know, regardless. You could be Gen Z, you know, all the way up through the the more mature folks. But it is about I get to see you. And this meeting is going a lot better because we're in person a little bit. Um, not that we can and we don't want to come into I don't want an office space. Um, I love being working from home. But when we do get together, um, it's really productive and helpful. So your insight, again, this is even in this conversation is, is the power of reverse mentorship. Right. Um, again, it doesn't have to be formal. Um, it can really be informal. In fact, sometimes it's, it's even better because it's more organic. Right. It's, it's it's just having that conversation and me taking this away, this conversation away and going back and saying, hmm, let's think about this. Maybe we need to add another in-person connection or encourage our managers to make space even more to connect um, with in person with their with their team members. Yeah, definitely. So I think we've talked about a lot of great stuff today. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, Jack? Anything you want to ask her? Is there anything else? I guess all I have is just uh, a big thank you for coming on the show. And we really do appreciate it. Um, everything we've talked about today. Wonderful. Well, I thank you both. And um, I don't have any other questions, but I may, I may have to make you both a part of my cohort where I reach out and say, Hey, I need some additional insight. We're always here to help. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And uh, I'm definitely now following your podcast uh, yeah. so I can learn more and hear more insights from others. And uh, again, just thank you for being great hosts and making this so comfortable. Yes, for yeah, sure. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. had an amazing much. time. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for joining on the show. It's been a great episode. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you today and learning about Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And we look forward to sharing this with our audience. And yeah, it's been a great episode. Until next time, guys, this has been the Play by Play.